0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. If we've not met, let me just quickly introduce myself to you. My name is Adam, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors uh, of the church. I look after our Rowley location and a lot of our community work as well. I'm also known as Pastor Christmas round here. Uh, I'm really excited about Christmas. Is anybody else excited about Christmas? Would you say? Come on! Would you say you're hyped about Christmas at this time of year? Because I am really hyped. I mean, look at my shirt. I've even got a Christmas pudding tattoo. I love. Christmas that much. But you know, hype is part of our modern day culture. And according to the dictionary, this is what hype means. It means to promote or publicise a product or idea intensely, often exaggerating its benefits. And if you've heard of the word hype, then you've probably heard of the phrase, don't believe the hype. And the title of my talk today is don't believe the hype. But if you haven't heard that phrase, don't believe the hype, where the heck have you been for the last 30 odd years? because one of the greatest bands, Public Enemy, released a song back in 1988 called Don't Believe the Hype, and it was in response to public unrest and political unrest in America at the time. And the phrase Don't Believe the Hype literally means the opposite of hype. It means this. It means ignore the media, the marketing buzz or rumours around a story or person. But you see, hype is something that is all around us all of the time and it's only getting stronger isn't it with the rise of social media the internet smartphones and devices how we communicate with one another satellite television we struggle to get away from hype sports teams use it to gain support brands use it to gain sales politicians use it to get elected dare i say even some churches use it to to gain some interest in their events and whether you're a christian or not you can't deny now that most of us will put our faith in hype rather than in hope and you know as christians we believe don't we that god has a plan for us right a plan to prosper us and not to harm us a plan to give us hype and a future that's right isn't it leon no oh sorry no it's hope god has a plan to give you hope and a future so you see the question i want us to think about today is this is our faith in hype or is it in hope We all have hope in something or someone. Maybe that's your job or maybe it's some money. Maybe it's a loved one, a political party. Maybe it's a leader. Maybe it's a strategy or even a dream. When you were a child, maybe you hoped Santa was going to bring you those special gifts. We have three very, 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 maybe four include me, very excited boys in our house at the moment. And the boys wrote their Christmas letters to Santa and they have hope that he's going to bring them some very expensive gifts. They're going to be slightly disappointed on Christmas, but <laughs> there is still hope, I guess, you know, for those guys. And no matter... Um, And depending on the trustworthiness of the person or the subject that you're trusting in will depend on how long and how lasting that that hope is. So my question to you is, where is your hope and what are you hoping in today? because we all have hope in something. And you might be thinking, well, ha- hang on Adam, it's World Cup final day, it's 2022, it's the week before Christmas, what has this all got to do with us here? Well, let's look at the World Cup. Would you say you had much hope that England would get as far as they did? Were you hoping, did you believe in the hype that he was going to be called Sir Gareth Southgate? Or did you believe the hype, or do you believe in the hype in Messi, that it's Messi's year this year, he's going to lift the trophy? Or maybe you are believe in the hype surrounding Mbappe, that he is the greatest player on the planet at the moment maybe you don't even care maybe you're more interested in Christmas like me maybe you believe in the hype and you get excited about the hype surrounding Christmas maybe you're a tinsel and turkey person maybe you love the gifts and the wrapping maybe you love the parties and the family or maybe you're just hoping for a peaceful Christmas maybe you're watching this or listening to this and thinking I don't have much hope for the future you know let's be honest things look a little bit bleak don't they in the moment so who can blame you Inflation's at its highest for years, cost of living's through the roof, food banks are creaking under pressure and wages are down. Yet can I just for a few moments tell you that there is some hope. There is some hope that we can get hyped about. Because my friends, hype isn't something to hope in, but hope is something to get really hyped about. And the hope we're talking about here today is in the person of Jesus. And you know, it isn't something that's been created that's new. It's something that's been going on for the entirety of humanity. The hope that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, would come down and intercede for us and would help us with our mess and help us to find a new way, a better way of living. And that's exactly what Christmas is all about. It's about God with us, about that hope came down and rescued us from our own mess. And today is a week before Christmas. So I thought we'd look at the Nativity story, and I want us to look at a particular character. A character that doesn't have much hope, but he loves the hype. And I want us to look at this character, help us understand why we shouldn't believe the hype. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn it on? Or if you're old school, open it and follow with me. It's going to be on the screen. And we're going to read from Matthew 2, and we're going to read 12 verses. It's going to be quite a big chunk, so just bear with me. And it says this. For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means at least among the rulers of Judah. So from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and beheld the star that uh, that they had seen when it rose and went before them until it came uh, to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Isn't that lovely? Exceedingly with great joy. like There was so much joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So today I want us to look at the darker side of the Christmas story. I, I, if in the nativity, I went to the boys' nativity last week at school and this character wasn't even in it. But if the character is even included by the director, the infamous King Herod is often typecast as the angry bully. And you know, if it's going to be a good story, you need a good villain. And Herod is our villain in the Christmas story. But the good thing is, even villains can teach us some things. And we can learn so much from Herod. History tells us there wasn't actually many good things about Herod. In fact, if Santa had his naughty list, Herod would be definitely at the top. This guy was rotten to the core. He was a bad guy all around. Let me just give you a brief history lesson for some context into Herod. Herod was a really wealthy man. In fact, he was, uh, some scholars estimate that his net worth was 100, 100 times greater than that of the whole of Israel. He was renowned for being a bit of a show-off and he loved the hype that surrounded him. In fact, he would build lavish palaces in his own honour throughout his kingdom. And because he was backed by the Roman Empire, nobody really messed with him. And he was called and crowned the king of the Jews, which the Jewish people absolutely detested and hated it. And the reason was because he wasn't even Jewish. You see, Herod was an Edomite. And a little history between the Edomites and the Jews is this. In Numbers 24, 17, which is a book in the Old Testament, it's, it describes this. It describes a scepter rising out of Jacob and overthrowing Edom. This was a prophecy on the hearts and the minds of the nation of Israel. Because Jacob, who later became known as Israel, he was the father of Israel, he was a twin. And his older brother, by a few minutes, was Esau. Jacob conned Esau out of his birthright and blessing from their father, Isaac. And for centuries, there was this bad blood going on between the Jews and their cousins, the Edomites, who were the descendants of Esau. You see, Herod was an Edomite ruling over Israel, and the Jews, well, they just felt that was salt being rubbed into the wound. But there were some in the nation of Israel who thought, well, hey, if we can't beat him, let's join him. And they kind of created this cult following around Herod, and they were called the Herodians. And they claimed Herod as God's own Messiah. And you can probably see now how this is politically shaping the land of where Jesus was to be born. Herod was this power-mad, like paranoid megalomaniac who he was so ruthless. This guy was crazy, right? He was so ruthless, he had his wife killed. He had his two sons killed, his uh, mother-in-law killed, fair play. Um, I'm joking, I'm joking. Wendy, if you're watching this, I'm joking. I love you to pieces. (laughs) I love your mum, Bridget. Um, And he had his wife's grandfather killed. So this is the man ruling and reigning in the world Jesus was about to be born into. A man so powerful, so angry and so paranoid that he was going to miss the most incredible event in all of history. And instead of celebrating, all he was doing was fighting a conflict that he was never, ever going to win. And you see, Herod not only liked the hype around him, but he chose to believe that hype too. And you see, the problem with that is hype is just masquerading as hope. Hype is an exciting counterfeit masquerading as hope. And the world is full of hype. But you know, the world right now needs to be full of of hope. We're desperate for hope and I know that Christmas can be a really tough time for many people Uh, and actually uh, some experts have coined this phrase seasonal affective disorder, sad. Uh, It's to describe the anxiety and depression that people suffer from during this time. Uh, This might be as a result of losing a loved one yesterday. We celebrated uh, my family's side of Christmas. We had Christmas day one yesterday with my family and there was a missing person at our table and that's the third year running that we've missed my brother. He's not been there and that may be the same for you. This might be your first year where there's an empty chair at your table. It might be the 10th or 50th year but that pain is still there and it's still difficult. It may be that you 're going through financial difficulty. It may be that you 're feeling the pressures and the strains to provide the tinsel and the turkey and the gifts and you don 't know how maybe you 've lost your job maybe you 're going through some stuff that is just so overwhelming that you 're feeling sad. but then there are other things that the world is facing as well that things that are greater than just our own personal problems, war, political unrest, um, racism, financial crisis, the mental health crisis, and the list, unfortunately, goes on. We now live in this tension of hope and hurt. And we hurt because of the reality of the society that we live in, but we hope for relief to come and for the wrong in our world to be made right. And we long for a day when we no longer fear And I think then as a result, we end up placing our faith in the hype that surrounds us rather than the hope that calls to us. And I love what author Matt Manny says about hope. He says this, he says, hope can turn the chaos into calm when we look for the rays of hope within our story. And, you know, um, you may follow me on social media or my wife on social media. And if you do, you'll see lots of amazing pictures of our sons doing some crazy things or us having great fun. And lots of people come to us and say, wow, you're amazing. How do you do that? We're like, we're so jealous of you. Let me tell you, it's not always like that. That's the hype that people create around us. They think that it's absolutely phenomenal. At times, there's tears and there's tantrums. There's chaos that surrounds us. But we made a decision early on in our parenthood, me and Bridget, that we were going to take pictures every single day of our family. Why? Because during the chaos and, and and the craziness and the tears and the tantrums, we can look back at the end of our day and see some smiles and see some happiness. And it gives us hope. We don't do it to, to create hype around us but we do it to bring us hope because the reality is in a 24-hour period it's probably a couple of hours that are really peaceful in our household we've got twins uh, a five and we've got an under we've got a one-year-old as well and he lets us know that he's in charge at the moment and it's it's really hard and there's sometimes there's tears and tantrums for me and bridget but we need to see hope and hope brings calm to the chaos and just as Hype can tend to exaggerate situations and facts, I wonder if Herod realised how, exa- how he was about to exaggerate his irrational response to the news that he was about to hear. Herod was so focused on himself, that he, that on what he had and what he wanted, what he didn't want to lose, that Hype had blinded him from seeing the miracle that was about to take place under his very reign as the King of Israel. And I wonder... How many times you and me get caught up in the hype of life and situations that we miss the important things, the important details, the things that matter, and actually the people that matter. Herod spent years believing his own hype, that he missed out on the real hope that was to be born in his kingdom. And what's interesting is this, is that Herod's palace, which was called the Herodian, obviously because he was this messianic guy that he'd been given this title, it was the third largest of its kind in the world at the time. It was massive. History tells us it had four kind of turrets and they were 90 feet up into the air. It was built on top of another palace with double reinforced walls. So no one was getting in and no one was getting out. This guy was really lavish. And the. Royal whole family would occupy these four towers and they would do that because they would get the breeze in from the mediterranean sea so they would cool down in the evening but they'd also see any attacks of any threats coming their way and so if you were thinking about the future king of israel to be born anywhere it would probably be there But in one of the most overlooked acts of irony, I think, in the whole of the Christmas story is this. Is that the palace of Herod overshadowed several smaller towns below it, in the valley below. And one of those towns was Bethlehem. And so maybe Herod, he could have been up there at the time that the census was taken. And he could have seen all those people converging on Bethlehem and those small towns as they came to register themselves in this census. But you see, Herod wasn't interested and I think Herod missed the most incredible moment of history because he was distracted by his own hype and he didn't see the value in the valley below. And I wonder what hype you are believing that is distracting you from the hope that is on offer to you today in Jesus. And I don't mean that in a convicting way. I mean that as I'm in that place as well. Sometimes I believe the hype and I miss the really important thing that is Jesus. What situations are we facing that is causing us not to consider the hope that is on offer to us? See, God didn't give us hype, he gave us a living hope. And this hope is found in the person of Jesus. And the whole theme of our Christmas here at Life Central has to have been with you, that God is with you, that his church is with you, and that you are not alone. And if you ever wanted any evidence of this then here it is God made himself man and he came down to earth as a human in the form of Jesus and this means three simple things if you forget everything else I say today please write down these three simple things the first one is this God loves you God loves you whether you're in this room whether you're in one of our locations in Rowley in Hagley or Clibri or if you're online maybe you are listening to this in a podcast God loves you and you need to know that today In sending his son on that first Christmas, God said in the most powerful way that he could, I love you. God loves you so much that he came to earth as the human being of Jesus, so that you could know him, could come to trust him and learn to love him back. Jesus is God with skin on. But until Jesus came, our understanding of his love was really limited. And if you really want to know someone and you really want them to know that you love them, you, you don't send, like, a, a singergram or a representative. You turn up personally and say, I love you. I was watching the film Elf the other day. Anybody a fan of Elf? Yeah, come on, Chris. I knew you would be. And there's this moment where Buddy meets, Buddy the elf meets his dad for the first time. He's dressed as an elf. He's in New York. He turns up to the office in the Empire State Building and he turns into his dad's office. And they think he's a singer, Graham, about to sing a Christmas message. And he's like stood there saying, Dad, I love you. And he says, What? And he says, I love you. I love you, Dad. And he's trying to give a personal message. But hey, Jesus didn't come dressed as an elf or even Santa Claus. He came as a baby in the form of the most humble place in the world. And he said, I love you. The Bible says that God is love. Not that he feels it or he has it, but he is love. That God came to live among us. And in fact, here's the thing. There's nothing that you can do that can stop God from loving you. God will never stop loving you because God's love isn't based on your character or your conduct but it is based upon who he is, upon his character, and upon what he has done for you. So the first thing is God loves you. The second thing is this, God is with you. God is with you. This is good news to get hyped about. This is good hope to get hyped about. Jesus came to earth on that first Christmas to show us in a really real and practical way that God is love. And Isaiah 7, 14 says this. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with you. Despite what you may feel, God is not distant. You are never alone when you have God in your life. If you place your trust in Jesus as your saviour, you can be assured of his love forevermore, his presence and his help. Now you, may not, now you may need to learn to tune into his presence because you may not feel it all the time, but he is there. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to forsake you or betray you. He will never leave you no matter what you do or how badly you mess up. And then finally, God isn't just with you, but he is for you. God is for you. This is real hope that we can get hyped about. Many people don't believe that. They think that God is out to get them. They think that he's the fat man with the red suit on up in the sky who's saying there's a naughty and nice list. But God doesn't have a naughty and nice list. He doesn't say, oh, you're on the naughty list and you're on the nice list. This year you need to try harder because he says it's not about you. It's about what I've done for you. You know, God's only got one list and it says this, those that I love. And guess what? You're on it. 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 In fact, everybody is on it. No matter what you've done or who you are, you're on God's list of love. The Bible clearly tells us that God is for us. I quoted that, misquoted that Bible verse earlier in Jeremiah 29:11. It's found in the Old Testament. It says this, "For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. He doesn't whisper it. He declares it. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, some people may fear that God is out to get them due to having a guilty conscience or ignorance of what God is like. All of us struggle with sin, which is the things that we do wrong on so many different levels. The more sensitive you are to your conscience, the guilty you're likely to feel. Many people are afraid of God. They don't understand that Jesus has come to forgive them, not condemn them. See, we're all familiar, if you've grown up around church, or maybe you haven't, but you will have heard this verse before. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But do you know what John 3.17 says? John 3.17, 3, 17, sorry, assures us that God is for us. It says this, For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but the world might be saved through him. Jesus came to save us, not to judge us. He came to offer us forgiveness of the things that we do wrong. He came to offer you and me eternal life with him in paradise. When we sin, Jesus doesn't rub it in our faces, he rubs it out. He forgives us and he sovereignly works in our lives to change us from the inside out. He works to make us more like himself. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. God is not mad at you anymore. He calls you his own, his precious own. In fact, if you were the only one left, he would say you are the greatest gift ever. He is so looking forward to, to being with you. And so let's season. Let's not forget the reason for the season. Let's put Jesus front and center, yes. But let's get hyped about the hope that is God's love and presence and enduring commitment to us. I was listening to Andy Stanley, who's an author and pastor in America. And he said this recently, he said, look, Jesus isn't the reason for the season. I was like, he said, but you are the reason for the season because Jesus came for you and for me. If it wasn't for what we'd done wrong, he wouldn't have come and done the greatest rescue mission. So Jesus is the reason for the season, but so are you, which means you are really important to him. So if this is your first time of hearing this today or your hundredth time of hearing it today, I think that this is good news that we can get hyped about. I think this is hope that we can put our full faith in and get hyped about. I don't think that this is hype that we're hoping in, but this is hope that we're getting hyped about. And I want to encourage you to do something about it. Maybe you're in one of our locations and you've heard that we're running an alpha. Why don't you get your phone out now and sign up for alpha? It's really easy. All you have to do is text LCC alpha to seven. So LCC alpha followed by your name to seven. Do it now if you're thinking about I want to ask questions about this hope that this person's getting hyped about. Hey, listen, we're doing Alpha here on the 9th of January in Hellzone. Zone. We're doing it in Hagley and we're doing it online. So there is no excuse. You can't say, well, I can't get there because I'm putting an extra one on for you on a Wednesday night to do it online. You will get a personal response from me and I cannot wait to hang out with you and help you discover this hope that we're talking about. And maybe you've heard this a million times and maybe you're already a Christian. You think, I don't need to do Alpha. But I tell you what, we've all got people in our life that need to do Alpha and need to discover this hope that is found in Jesus So maybe in this next moment, you get your phones out as well and you text LCC Alpha followed by your name or your friend's name to 60777 and I will respond to you and you can invite your friend to come and hang out with us at Alpha and discover this hope. Because you know what? Jesus isn't wearing a big suit saying you're on the naughty list, but he is. A perfect personal saviour who knows you intimately and has said, I've got one list and your name is on it. And it says, I love you. And I would go to the cross for you today, tomorrow and every single day to save you because you are precious to me. So we're going to sing a song in a moment. I'm coming to an end. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. This song is, I love it. We've been playing it a lot in our house this week. It's called Cornerstone. It's a beautiful song about how we can build our lives on the rock that is Jesus. How we can focus on his hope. And as we sing it, why don't you declare it over your lives? And why don't you respond personally to what Jesus is doing and the hope that he has offered you? Why don't you text that number? Why don't you sign up? Why don't you personally respond? Start thinking about who it is you can invite and invite those people. Why don't you stand with me for a moment, whether you're in the room or in one of the locations. I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna worship. Let's take the roof off this place this morning. Let's, let's declare it. We may be lower on numbers in here this morning, but listen, our faith isn't in hype. Our faith is in hope and that hope is found in Jesus. So let me just pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for the truth that hype can only take us so far, but hope will take us forever. Hope, was, hope will conquer all the things that we face. God, I pray for my friends today online, in the rooms, Lord God, if they've never heard this before and they want to respond, God, I pray that they would take that step of faith to put their hope in you once more, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would see people sign up for Alpha, Lord God, not to make us feel better, Lord Jesus, but to help them on their journey of discovering this hope that is in you, Lord God. Father, I pray that we, as we are changed from the inside out, God, would you change this town from the inside out, our towns and communities, from our churches to the inside out, Lord God, would you change us here in the room so we can go out and change those uh, communities that we're part of, God. God, as we sing this song, Lord God, God, would we declare it over our lives, That our hope is built on nothing else but you, Jesus, who came down from heaven to earth to sacrifice yourself for pure love of us, Jesus. We worship your name today. You are worthy of our praise, God, in your mighty name. And the church said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Let's sing this.